Welcome to Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us this week for a special message from Pastor John Barrera. Good morning. Can y'all hear me all right? Good, good morning. Good morning. Well, make no mistake, I am a fan of this fall weather. I love this fall weather. I've been praying and fasting for this fall weather. This fall weather is here and I am rejoicing, but I am quickly reminded that twice a year I am afflicted with allergies. And this time is one of them. And so, I, you know, with the allergies, where are, my, where are all my allergy sufferers at? Scratchy throat, red eyes, right? Itchy, coughing, trying to talk, and you feel like you're going to gag. And so here I am fellowshipping, and I feel, uh, you know, that scratchy gag coming along. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, no. So I run to get a drink in the kitchen, and my dear brother James Clender is there. And he's like, bro. What's going on? I said, man, I've got, I got the itch, uh, that itchy throat, and I, I need some. Uh, I, I need to get, I need to get me something to drink. And he says, bro, I know what you need. And my heart leapt for joy because I thought for a moment he was going to impart some type of godly wisdom. I'm like, surely, Lord, you use this moment. You've brought us together at this time. Surely, Lord, I will receive what it is that you have for me through my dear brother James. He looks at me straight in the eye and says, you. You need onions. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a, scritch, a scratchy, itchy throat didn't seem so bad. So. <laughs> but good morning. It is a blessing and such an honor to be able just to share the word uh, with my church family. Uh, and uh, we're going to do just that this morning. So before we even get started, please join me in a word of prayer. Father, let your spirit fall on us, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit fall. Lord, it's your Holy Spirit that empowers us. It's your Holy Spirit that guides us, that teaches us, Lord, that shows us your truth, Lord. It's your Holy Spirit, Lord, that opens our eyes, Lord, and reveals who you are through your word. It's your Holy Spirit that changes us. Lord, we need you. We need you desperately. Right now in 2023, Lord, with everything that's going on, we need you so much more, Lord. So would you speak to us through your word? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And like I said, I'm very excited to be here, be able to share God's word. Uh, but as a pro- let me, before we even get started, let me give you a proper introduction and setup to what we'll be talking about. Now, if you're all, you all on Facebook, you probably saw the post, what we're going to be talking about. So don't say anything. But you'll, you'll see. Now, here we go. In, in the business world, there is a term called a business model. For you entrepreneurs or you students who study business, a business model is a, is a, st- a strategic plan on how to get, grow your company, the product that you're seeking, how to increase sales, how to make money, how to drive revenue. The, the, the model that, you're, that you... Um, or want to create describes how long it will take to take your product to uh, from from uh, design to manufacturing. You know that your business model will give you help you how to offer it up to the market and drive sales. Now, of course, a smart business person with their business model wants to be successful, right? Of course. So 
you are also learned, part of the business model requires doing your due diligence, doing your proper research, looking at socioeconomics, looking at the st statistics of your target customer, looking at bar graphs to ensure you and measure your growth and decline of your product, utilizing and hiring marketing agencies to help you be more attractive to your potential customers, uh, bringing on and hiring, calling in focus groups to find out what your customers feel about you and your product and how that you can be more attractive to them. Then, you, of course, you employ committees for strategic planning to remain re relevant in the market. You know, looking around, 2023, we got some uh, examples of successful business models. We got Jeff Bezos, Amazon. I don't need to tell you what Amazon does. I bet you all are familiar with Amazon. How about Tesla, Elon Musk? I bet you without even saying anything, you'd know what Tesla does and what they sell. And you know probably about Elon Musk. If I was to tell you about Apple, I wouldn't need to tell you a word. You would know uh, what they sell. And I bet you a lot of their devices are in your pocket right now, right? No. Or no? <laughs> and, and you know behind Apple, you, you know, I, I, Steve Jobs or uh, Tim Cook. Like I said, these leaders have used these strategic methods, you know, and to, to sell their books, their products, to sell their electric cars, to sell their premium electronic devices. So, as believers, one must ask, well, what is the ideal church model? What is the proper church model? And when you begin to look at what the ideal church should be. Sadly, you can't find the model of the church by looking at church history. Well, why is that? Well, man is sinful. And man has done a lot of crazy things, a lot of bad things, a lot of wrong, wrong things, claiming to be Christians, doing things in the name of Christ. Also, sadly, today, a lot of the churches have taken the business model approach to grow their church. It may work for stuff, it may work for electric cars, and it may work for smartphones and computers, but it's not going to work for the people of God. So again, I ask you, what is the model church? Well, if you're here visiting, if this is your first time at Calvary Chapel, we're glad that you're here. Because today we're going to talk about the church model, how Calvary Chapel, what our church model is. And it's actually really simple. We basically, there it is, we believe the divine ideal, meaning what the church that God intended, is found in the book of Acts. Woohoo! There you go. That's it. It's simple. It's wonderful. In fact, we're going to spend this morning talking about it. It's so simple. But yet, it's so profound. And you're going to see what we mean. Now, again, just for so that I can... Uh, I, I know some people go, how come you don't use slides, John? Uh, it, it's really, uh, like I shared before, it's a training for me as I'm getting acclimated and in, in speaking. I, I kind of want to be able to rely, uh, be able to articulate my thoughts. So I don't use slides, so please forgive me. But for you note takers out there, I just really want to simply outline this. This is the Calvary Chapel distinctive, that we see the book of Acts and the church in the book of Acts as a model for us today. Let me say that again. We see the book of Acts 
And the church found in the book of Acts as a model for us today. It is a church that is led, filled, and empowered, not by, not by business models, not by statistics, not by focus groups, but solely on the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. We are filled, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, of course, my uh, Chromebook decides to do an update and now change some of the navigation, so bear with me. Me and James talk about this all this time when computers do updates without our permissions. Very stumbling, but I will remain composed here. <laughs> here right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So here's, here's the thing. Before we even talk, in a, uh, talk about and go into the, uh, the foundations of a model church, we have to first get the understanding that we are on a church filled, led, empowered by the Holy Spirit. John, you've said that like three times already in the last five seconds. And I will keep on saying that because there is no other way. It's biblical. It is a biblical basis. God help us if a church is formed without the Holy Spirit. God help that church if they are not relying on the Holy Spirit. God help that church if they are not being organized and led by the Holy Spirit. Because if they're not being led by the Holy Spirit, how can you be bearing fruit? Which is a very dangerous place to be. Well, John, you know, some of you may say, well, doesn't every church do that? No. No, I'm just going to be straight up with you. No. And at Calvary Chapel, we realize and we recognize that this is what we are supposed to do. Yeah, it's not every church is looking at the book of Acts. And just to, I'm not saying this just for fluff, but just in part of my preparation for study, I, I perused the web and I'll be more than happy to show you my source. But actually, I found a site that actually um, is in disagreement with that, with Calvary Chapel. Actually has a rebuke for, or a refute for Calvary Chapel and relying on the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit. Okay, you know what, that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's fine, but for us, we will continue to be led. Because let's think about this. If you're not being led by the Holy Spirit, then what are you being led by? Man. And I know you know about man, but man's heart is desperately wicked. Man's ways will fail. Man's ways will, well, lead to utter destruction. Why? Because we're sinful. Even the best person, you know, I'm sure you know, you all are lovable, you know, but you know what? We all have our, our sinful flaws because we're sinners in the need of, of a Savior. So, so we got that out of the way. Okay, so we know. Okay, we got to be in the Spirit, completely reliant and dependent on the Holy Spirit. Do me a favor, turn to Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42. I hear buttons, bless you, I hear buttons tapping on the screen. That's good. I hear Bibles flipping. That's good. Give you a few moments. And I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Boom! Right there. For you note-takers and highlighters, 
we just, we just covered the four foundations right there. Hey, I'll even say it again, just, just in case you need me to, uh, so we could go back. And they continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Right there, my brothers and sisters, right there. That is, a, that is the foundations that we base the model of the church. Well, well, John, wait a minute. Oh, hold up, hold up. Okay, that's fine. And I, I see the verse, but you're missing out on what about the activities of the church? What about growth of the church? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Is that what you're thinking? I appreciate that. But honestly, I, let, let me give you the, the, the quick answer to that. We will discuss that a little later. We do the, you know, the Lord calls us to do those four foundations. And guess what? God is going to do the rest. God will do the rest. All right, so here we go. The four basic functions of the church. As we've seen, we saw the, uh, they continued steadfastly. Now, if you look at Acts 2.42 again, look at that word. They continued steadfastly. Steadfastly means pros. Oh, gosh, I'm going to try to say it in Greek. I don't even know why I did that. Proskaterio, Tony? Thank you. Proskaterio, which means unwavering and persistent. By the way, Tony's my uh, official Greek language dictionary, so whenever I struggle, I look to her. But proskaterio means unwavering and persistent. It means fully dedicated and resolute in their pursuit. In their pursuit of what? Being in the apostles' doctrine, being in fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. For, so for the next few moments, we're going to go ahead and we're, let's break that down. Now, apostles' doctrine, what does that mean? Well, basically that means, well, keep in mind that at the time that this was written, see, we're blessed. We have the full canon of scripture. We have the full Bible. Back then, they didn't. You know, uh, Paul has Paul still hasn't made his way to the road of Damascus yet, so we don't have a whole lot of the New Testament, right? So when when we read uh, when we read the apostles' doctrine, that's what the 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 amount of God's word and revelation was revealed to them at that time. For us modern day saints, we have the, God's word, so it is the the word, the living word. Now you're thinking, well, okay, well. Um, if they didn't have the whole Bible then, what could they possibly talk about? Oh, plenty. Plenty. Remember, these apostles were directly with Jesus during the time of his ministry. And a lot of those teachings were passed down. Think about it. The, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' parables, his instructions on love, forgiveness, and humility. They saw that firsthand. Jesus told them what he was going to do. So the gospel message, the good news, when Jesus would send them off, talking, telling them about you know, the resurrection, they saw that firsthand. So they knew the, the, the means of salvation. They knew the means of why, the means that God used to reconcile to himself. Repentance and forgiveness. We see that they emphasize the need for repentance and the forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus. My goodness, there is so much more. So, here's the thing. The, for us, we're simply going to teach the word simply. Now, yeah, yeah, amen. Exactly. Now, I, I didn't make that up. That's, that's one of the things that I've heard from Pastor Chuck. See, 
you know, being 48 years old, uh, you know, I've, and being a believer for 27 years, I've, now I can say I've kind of seen my, I've seen trends come and go. Uh, I was a believer when they talked about, oh, the Toronto blessing. Oh, we got to stop everything what we're doing. Let's, let's, let's see what we got to, you know, focus on that. We got to focus on that. No, we teach the word. Or, or uh, this was back in, I think, what, the 90s? Oh, the purpose-driven life. We stop. This is a, a modern book. We need to stop everything. We need to study this book. We need to stop. No. No. See, we're told that we need to be preaching the word in season and out of season. Believe you me, brothers and sisters. I just mentioned, too, there's going to be fads. Just like, you know, there's diet fads, Atkins, Keto, you know, there's fads that come and go even in, in the Christian church. There's fads that come and go even with uh, Christian teachings. Well-meaning, but you know, look, look, here, if you come and you step inside of a Calvary Chapel, you're going to get the Word of God, simply. And, and I love you, and I say this with great love, but if that bothers you, you're in the wrong church. You're just going to get the Word of God. You're just going to get the Word of God. That's where we teach. That's what we base on. That's what we base all of our doctrine on is the Word of God. And it sounds like, all right, like, dude, we know that. And I'm glad you do. And if you're here and you attend Calvary Chapel, yes, that should be like the, duh, yeah, yeah, Captain Obvious, I get it. But sadly, that's not the case. You know, you can, there's a whole bunch of other churches out there teaching how to feel good about yourself, how to be the best version of yourself, you know, how to win and influence people. No, we're simply going to be about the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Simple, right? Okay, foundation number one. Foundation number two. Here we go. Fellowship. Fellowship is the second foundation for the model of the church. Think about this. Think, everyone look around. Turn to your right. Turn to your left. We are surrounded by... See, I see people saying hi. See, that's good. I like that. Yes. I, fellowship. We gather here. We come together in a spirit of unity. A unity of what, though? Where people with different background stories, with different histories, different family genealogies, our skin tones may be different, our hair may be different, you know, our, 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 our backgrounds may be different, but we are united by the blood of Christ, by His Holy Spirit. And, and God isn't like a rogue God. God. God isn't like a Rambo God where He keeps to Himself. God is social. And when God created us, He created us to be social. He created us to, to be together. Every, it brings joy to the Father's heart to see His children together. And the opposite. It breaks His heart to see children, His children at, a, at, at adversarial relationship with each other. It breaks his, his heart to see churches split, to see division. It breaks the Father's heart. Now, fellowship when we come in fellowship, it's not just, okay, we come and we do our time, we sing, we pray, we listen to the Word, and we go home. It's more than that. And, I, and, and let that sink in, because let's be reminded that 
that right now, the church in Israel, if the Christian church in Israel, isn't able to meet right now. Especially the ones near Gaza. Not able, not able to meet. Churches in China are, able, are not able to meet. Or they're doing it secretly, watching over their shoulders, meeting underground. But here we can gather and, 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 and gather together, and we should rejoice in that. And you've probably heard it say, and rightfully so, there's probably coming a time where we may not have that ability. But look, until right now, we got to take advantage of what the Lord has given us to this thing called fellowship, His church. Or think about it. Think where we come, we build each other, we exhort each other, we love each other, and if necessary, we rebuke one another. We grow. You know, I think about what the scripture has to say about fellowship, Hebrews 10, 24, and 5. For you note-takers out there, that verse underscores the significance of gathering together, just for time constraint. I'm not going to go through the verses, but I give them to you so at your own time you can study. Regarding fellowship, there's another scripture I'd like to give you. 1 John 1, 7. And a third scripture I'd like to give you is 1 Corinthians 25. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 through 27. And then lastly, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Again, Christian fellowship isn't, now it's not only a means of, uh, of mutual encouragement and support, but we're living our faith together. We are, are participating together. We're, we're rejoicing with one another when there's in times of rejoicing, and we are mourning in times of mourning when something happens to one of our brothers and sisters here. <clears throat> I know for me, when, uh, you know, when I lost my, my parents, uh, you know, it was, it was the first I wanted to do was, and this was 2010, I wanted to, I just wanted to just curl up in a ball and just kind of hide. But the encouragement that I got was, let's be in, be in fellowship, get loved on, let the body surround you with love. And so as I've been able to learn from that, you know what, um, when tragedy strikes, there's no place I'd rather be than with the body. And an encouragement for you when tragedy strikes, and if you can, you 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 know what what the what 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 you need. But in times of of, of a tragedy, let the your brothers and sisters love on you. Come, be encouraged. Come, receive that. See, that's that's the beauty of of, of fellowship. That's the beauty of of this. Because as brothers and sisters, we can interact we can shake hands we can make physical contact we can hug we can look each other in the eye okay don't fall for the online fallacy Ooh, i know i woke some of you up check this out you know a couple years ago with covid think about that think about where we could not no longer fellowship in person and all of a sudden we were relegated to watching our pastor speak online and all of a sudden we couldn't shake hands with our brothers 
and sisters, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't encourage. Did you not feel like, oh, I am missing something? Yes, because church is not supposed to be done online. Let me say this. We put our messages online and, and having a, 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 an archive, uh, being able to access the teachings online is just a, a, a tool to keep you ahead, keep you current on our current study. It is not a substitution. And that's one of the things where I say beware of the online fallacy because, you know what, let's face it, we're human and being sinful, we can get complacent. And, you know what, I'm going to stay home. I'm just going to catch it online. Oh, you know what, uh, you know what, I don't feel like going. I'll just catch it. I'll just catch uh, Pastor John's message once uh, it gets loaded up to the website. Hey, look, look, if you're sick, stay home. Look, if your kids are, are sick, stay home. Obviously, use wisdom and discernment. But, Using, staying away from the church is dangerous. It's dangerous. It's not good for your spiritual health. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. We're told to do that. We're supposed to fellowship. It is essential. You know, I, I am reminded of a little example of that. Wednesday. Wednesday with Ella Parsons' 16th birthday. And here's the thing, you know, we're, we're rejoicing with her because it was her birthday and she was excited to, to share her, you know, she got a car. We're like, dude, let's, let's take a look. So all of us that were still left after service, we just went and we were checking out her car. We were rejoicing with her, right? Yeah, we were just like, you know what, that's so cool. Yeah, you know, it's like, I remember when I got my first car, I asked for a Suzuki Samurai. I got a Ford Tempo. Yeah. <laughs> Google, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google, you'll see why I was disappointed. But anyway, but here's the thing. You know what? What if I had watched that message online? I would have never known that our sister Ella, it was her birthday. I would have never known that she brought her car. Would have never been able to take a chance, have the opportunity to go and rejoice with her and check out her new ride and celebrate with her. See? Little things like that. So when you're here, you're missed. Let me say that again. When you are not here, you are missed. And I get it. Hey, sickness, illness, death of a family, I, I, I get that. But let it, let it sink into your head, into your heart. When you are not here, brother, when you're not here, you're missed. Sister, when you're not here, you're missed. When you're not here, you're missed. Jim, when you're not here, you're missed. We are not here. You're missed. We miss you. Church family. That's what it's all about. Look. No, that's, that's, I'm going to move on. That's good. We're good. Third one. Breaking of bread. All right. All right I know Calvary Chapel gets this <sighs> reputation called Calvary Chapel. Have you all heard? Okay. I know. Have you all heard that? <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. It's a, it's a funny, you know, tongue-in-cheek joke. Oh, yeah, you go, Calorie Chapel. It's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, because, hey, let, hey, hey let's, let's face it. Food is a glorious thing, right? They're marriage feasts of the Lamb, so we know that the Lord loves to, you know, food. Hey, hey, I'm all right with that, as long as there's no onions. <laughs> ah? Yeah. I'm serious. They're a part of the curse, a part of the fall. <laughs> 
I'm going to find it somewhere in Scripture. I, I'm telling you, it sucks. <laughs> it's there. I will lie. I will lie. It's in there. Lord, show your people. <laughs> no, but I'll kid you to decide. When, 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 when we're talking about here, the breaking of bread, we're, we're talking about specifically the celebration of the Lord's Supper, or what we call communion. Why do we do that? Because, first of all, Jesus wants us to. He told us to. And it symbolizes that we are sharing Christ's, Christ's body and blood together. Like I said, he instructed his disciples to do it. And he instructed us to do it. You know, we, we're all probably familiar with the, with the scriptures for um, communion. Luke twenty-two nineteen. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through twenty six, Acts twenty verse seven, First Corinthians ten sixteen. Again, please read them at your time, just for time constraint. I want to keep us uh, keep us going. Have us out here at a decent time. Um, it's important. Well, again, like I said earlier, we are different backgrounds, but we are brought here. We are joined together. We are family because of, the, of what Christ did, his blood being shed, his body being pierced for us. So yes, that's going to take centrality. Yes, Jesus is going to be the focal point because you take Jesus out of the equation, you take Jesus out of the church, what do you get? Sinful man in his own ways, which leads to the path of destruction. And lastly, fourth foundation, prayer, 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 prayer. We hear that all the time. Prayer. Come to our prayer service before Sunday. Men pray every other Tuesday. Women pray every other service today. Pray, 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 pray. My goodness. Don't you ever all stop praying? No. We want to pray even more. Prayer is good. We are a church of prayer. And again, I love you, but if for the person who says, eh, you know what, man, I don't want to come here. Y'all pray too much. This ain't the church for you because we are going to pray. Prayer. I mean, oh my goodness, it is God's gift to us to communicate. We see that while Jesus was here on his earthly ministry, he, that's how he communicated to the Father. So while we're here, away from, from our, earthly, our heavenly home, that's how we communicate with the Father. Prayer. Let me give you some uh, scriptures on this. Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Now, now this is the scripture where I'm just going to touch on a little bit because this is a scripture that says, hey, anything, if, if I tell you that if two, uh, if two of you on earth agree on anything else, on anything that they ask for, it will be done by my name in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. I, I say that with knowing that when Jesus was saying this, he's highlighting the power of collective prayer. So for those who, who go, wait a minute, if I'm only praying by myself, God's not with me. No, 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 no. What Jesus was saying, he was emphasizing when the, the importance of praying together, that the, 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 the joy, the, the, the power in praying together. So please don't let, don't let that be a dissuasion. Uh, don't feel like, oh, I, can't, I, I need to find someone to pray with. I can't pray by myself. Well, you can pray by yourself, but also, actually, if you can find someone to pray with, someone that can bear your, you can bear your burns with, 
There's wisdom in that. Do it. You know? First um, Timothy 2, 1 through 2. First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. James 5.16 Philippians 4.6-7 Ephesians 6.18 Prayer is crucial not only for our individual relationships with the Lord Prayer is crucial for our role in the family, you know, our, our, our home family, and prayer is crucial for the church, our church family. So, like we, we those are, that's it. Those are the four foundations, simply just being in the Word, being together, uh, breaking of bread, communion, communion, and praying. Now, that, here's the beautiful thing. Okay, well, that's good if we do that. Well, what about the other stuff? Because, like, let's be real, there's, you, we do those things, but there's still things happening. There's ministry going on. There's, you know what, uh, what about the other things? Yeah, Acts 2.47. Acts 2.47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. David Guzik says, this is God's prescription for church growth. If we take care to follow the example found in Acts 2, 42 through 47, God will take care of growing the church himself. Let me say that one more time. God will take care of growing the church himself. So you pastors and leaders out there, be faithful to the sheep that you have. If you teach a Bible study, be faithful to those that are in your group. If you teach a woman's study, sister, be faithful to that group. If you teach a prayer group, be faithful to that group. The Lord does not bless on commission. The Lord just blesses on you being faithful. Look, if the Lord wants to grow it, he'll grow it. That's all up to the Lord. Our job for those that the Lord has given us to be over, whether in in prayer groups and and study, is just be faithful to those sheep. You know, when you look at Acts 2.42, there is simplicity to that. Let's just keep it simple. That's all what we want to do here in Calvary Chapel is keep it simple. Teach the word, gather together, break bread, pray. That's all. And God is going to handle the rest. You know, um, woe to us if we stop doing that. Woe to us if we stop doing the simple things and start using a gimmick. Maybe start implementing things of the flesh, maybe start adding layers of administration, committee meetings. Can I, can I be honest with you? I've seen a church dynamic change for the negative when they added 
administration, meetings for meetings, committee meetings, in the name of being organized, let's add this layer, let's have a meeting for the meeting of the committee, let's have a, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, hey, what happened to the moving in the spirit? What happened to being led by the spirit? It, it just became just this central meetings and, and, and committees, and it's sad. It's sad seeing just the, the growth die. So, woe to us, my Calvary Chapel brothers and sisters. Woe to us leaders. Woe to us pastors. I'm pointing to Pastor John and myself. Woe to us if we try to rely on ourselves. If we try to rely on others, some type of system, some type of growth church, uh, church growth program, some type of new uh, book. Woe to us if we rely on some type of fad thinking that that's going to grow the church, that that's going to bring people. No. That's, that's not for us to worry about. Let the Lord handle that. We just teach the word. We, we, we fellowship. We break bread. And we pray. That's it. That's it. Simple, right? Simple. So, you know, in conclusion, you want to see what our church model is? Acts 2.42. You want to see God's part? Acts 2.47. Let me end it with this. And this is what Pastor Chuck said in, in the book, Calvary Chapel Distinctives. Psalms 75, 6, 7. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down and exalts one another. The Lord does not share his glory he does not give his, give his glory to another person. I messed that up. I'm sorry. Let me start all over. Isaiah 42.8. Let me read that again. Isaiah 42.8. I am the Lord. That is my name. I shall not give my glory to another, nor my praises to carved idols. Isaiah 42.8. God alone gets the glory. You're here. The Lord brought you here. He gets the glory. The Lord is using you here. He gets the glory. The Lord is stirring your heart. And to do great works, he gets the glory. Amen. Amen. All right. So, quiz time. Ready? The four things. At the count of three, I will remain silent. I want you all, I'll give you a hint. You can look at Acts 2.42. What are the four things? Onions. No. <laughs> I love you, bro. <laughs> You're in sin, bro. <laughs> All right, minus Bob, what are the four things? Okay, right? Apostle's Doctrine. And then? Fellowship. And then? And then? All right, Apostle's Doctrine. I did a little side. Like a kids' ministry song. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what, uh, our children's leader, please create a song that we can. <laughs> There's gotta be some, some song out there. But, anyways, that's it. And you know what? We're gonna stand back and let the Lord do his thing, and we're gonna give him glory, honor, and praise because it's his church. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've shown us the model of your church, Lord. And, Lord, not only have you given us wisdom and insight, Lord, but you make it easy, Lord. You tell us clearly what you want us to do. And Lord, what's awesome 
is that you show us, what you tell us what you will do in response, Lord. We thank you for this, Lord. We thank you that this is your church and your work, Lord. And Lord, that we thank you that you've allowed us to gather. We, allow, we thank you for the move that you're doing here at Calvary Chapel, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would never take our eyes off you, but that we would continue to look to you, being your word, Lord. Fellowship together, break bread, Lord, and pray continually to you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us next week as we continue through the Bible, book by book, verse by verse, line by line. God bless.